Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Warning, this podcast contains paranormal, conspiracy, and true crime cases. The nature of these cases may be gory, unsettling, or vulgar. Today's episode contains highly sensitive and explicit material. Please be advised. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan, and this is episode freaking 29. Oh, oh my God. God. We're, in a, we're about to be in our 30s. Yeah, no, we're not. We're 30, flirty, and thriving. That is going dirty, to be... Dirty 30. No, flirt... Th- fuck. Fuck. Sorry, didn't mean to say fuck. Fuck, fuck. Flirty, 30, and thriving. And thriving. Help me. Flirty, 30, and thriving. Everybody pull it together See, I really like dirty, flirty, and But Jennifer Gardner didn't say that. Jennifer Gardner is... 30, flirty, and thriving. She's great. So, never mind. So, yep. Okay. And Mark Ruffalo. And so that's going to be the theme in next episode. Sure. Okay. Who are we flirting with? We got Each a boy other. on here? Let's get a boy on here. Which boy? Um, Someone that's <laughs> not Aaron and Logan. <laughs> uh, they don't listen to this anyway, so I guess that doesn't matter. How about, how about someone? <laughs> Jay Money, baby. How about, I have an idea. Okay, who? Nikki. Nikki? We could flirt with Nikki? Nikki, come over here and let us flirt with you. Maybe. Yeah, you want to be on the Nikki's next episode? Nikki's here again. Whoa. Nikki's been here the last few episodes, so she will be actually on mic. We have our guest mic. On mic nope. for episode 30. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. She's our guest. She is not a guy. We probably will not flirt with her, but we might. If not you, then we're going to do Arletta because Arletta is going to be here. <gasps> if not you, yeah, then me. Okay. You can right. be like this all day. Arletta. <laughs> exactly. They can like be that. like, oh, what's this <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Okay, sorry, guys. That was one minute and 53 seconds of us just talking about absolutely nothing. I really liked it. Me too. We're rambling here. Um, So, real quick. What are you drinking? I'm drinking iced caramel macchiato. And I'm drinking a macchiato. green tea um, with lemonade unsweetened from Starbeast. Starbs. Um, yeah, so we are skipping the whole alcohol this week. That's not true. If you saw the story, we had um, Tito's soaked pickles. It didn't really work, but there's like no, I don't feel like a buzz. I feel really weird not drinking right I now. I know, it's really not. It's really different, but honestly, guys, I just needed a break. Uh, we have been kind of uh, killing our livers, so to say, for okay. the last uh, 30 weeks. We're not 30 yet. We can kill our livers. We'll kill our livers on our 30th. 
Dirty 30. Dirty 30. And that's Nikki's birthday. Oh, big time. Do we have any? We don't have any birthday (laughs) shout outs, right? If we do, happy birthday. I don't think we have any this week, but we have a ton next week. Yeah, for sure. Important people next week. VIPs, very important people. (laughs) Not the VIPs, bitch. Oh, the VIPs on the dirty 30. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready for you. You're ready for me? For our. The surprise. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I have a game. I saw it on TikTok, and me and Taylor are going to play it. It's called Wavelength. So basically, I'm going to count one, two, three, and we're both going to say a word. It can be any word, it can be about anything. And then after those two words, I'm going to count one, two, three again, and we're going to say another word that relates to both of our words. And we're going to do it until we get the same word. Okay. 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 Do you have a word? Yeah, I have a word. Okay. You ready? One. No, I'm not ready. What? <laughs> okay, okay. Just think of a word. It could be anything. Okay. You ready? One, two, three. Coffee. Drink. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Something that relates with both of those. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not ready. Okay, I'm ready. One, two, three. Starbucks. Ice. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm not ready. That relates to those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got it. I'm not ready. Okay. It could be any drink. <laughs> okay, come on. Let's okay, go. one, two, three cups. That was so good. Okay, yeah. Should we go again? Yeah, do it again. Okay, okay, okay. Don't. I gotta think of words. another word. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, one, two, three. Computer. <laughs> oh boy, that wasn't a good one. Okay, we should stop while we were ahead. <laughs> oh, we should have. Car, computer, car, computer. Uh, okay. I'm not ready. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. One, two, three, Battery. dashboard. <laughs> okay, we're done with this game. What was that? Da- okay, I get No, we got to keep going. Come on. Dashboard and battery? We can go from there. Okay. But we can't say the original word. Okay, come on. Okay. We, it's still something that has to do with something that's available to those things, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um... Uh, give me just two seconds. I can't think of the exact word I want to put out. It is, um, yeah, we should have stopped while we were ahead. Okay, you ready? I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to cheat. We're done. Anyway, that's Wavelength. Play with your friends. We really Don't play it twice. Don't play it twice, because we were really intuitive at the first time. We said... Coffee and drink. Where the fuck did you get car from? Is that what I said? You said car. Oh. I was like, car? There's not even a car anywhere in this room. Then I said dashboard instead of like tires. No, and I I said computer. I said computer. Oh. And then I thought you were going to meet me in the middle. I was like, batteries. They both have batteries. Anyway, so we've learned that we are not intuitive. It's been six minutes. Okay. If you are not already, follow us on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast, on Twitter, Creeps underscore Crimes, TikTok at Creeps and Crimes, personal at Morg.mwg. I haven't said that in so long. Oh my God. And mine is Taylor J with an A. And guys, if you haven't already, or if you have one, God, please send. We did get a creepy account. We did get a creepy account, but we need more. 
Yeah, we need more. So we finally got a creepy cat, which I need I need to stop for a moment. And I, we need to give a little shout out to the people that were so freaking kind enough to send us emails. So Chris and Samantha, thank we you need, so much. Oh, should we just wait for a creepy account or do we need to talk about Oh, what we're going to use it for a creepy account. Okay. Yeah, we, we it's crazy. Yeah. So we've got a really cool uh, creepy account that came from that, but you guys have to send in more if you want to hear about it. Next, I want to give a shout out to the amazing people that have left us a few reviews since the last time we talked about them. I'm not going to read them all. Ugh, sorry. Um, I'm not going to read them all just because we don't have a ton of time, but we have, um, I don't know if we've already talked about Cat Lover 555, but thank you so much. Um, Love you. Super kind five-star review under So Fun. Thank you. Uh, Jenna Vell. Jenna Vell, thank you so freaking much. It says, the best podcast for long drives and talks about how we're besties and she loves listening to us or she or he or they or whatever you want to be called. Ooh. Yep. And then next we have another Vol alum. So Vols help Vols. And they left us an amazing review that talks about how they found us through an Instagram story. And they said, definitely recommend five stars. Whoop, whoop. That's crazy. Thanks for the love. Last one. Uh, Maddie Morgan 4, you left us a review that says episode 26 that you loved it and you think we killed it. So thanks so much for leaving us a review. Guys, if you haven't already, go ahead and rate us with... Four or five stars if you want to do anything lower than that. Just just, just wait. Okay. We used to call Maddie Deedle. Thanks, Deedle. Thanks, Deedle. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, if you haven't already, please give us a rating. Like I said, four to five stars. If it's any lower than that, just maybe don't listen to us then. If uh, it's any lower than that, shut off the podcast. Just, we're so sorry. And then next, uh, please leave us a review. Like and type out what you guys like about us. or And if you want to, us to change something or have any recommendations of your own, please DM them to us. Okay, Morgan, now that I'm done, hit him with the intro. Oh, yeah, baby. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. You have fucked up the tune. I need it back. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get get creepy. (laughs) All right, Morgan, so what do you got for us today? What do I have for you today? Yeah, what do you have for me? I am going to be talking about a Native American legend. Oh. The Navajo Skinwalkers. (gasps) Oh. Oh. Before I start, okay. Want to put a little PSA, lurk, PSA out there. Um, all of this information has came from online, and I don't wish to spread misinformation about the Navajo people. Their beliefs in day-to-day life is sacred. So please remember that this segment is only to discuss their legends and to not discredit any of their beliefs. The legend of the skinwalkers is a very taboo subject. Navajo people will not speak to outsiders about these creatures in fear of retribution by the skinwalkers. Got it. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) We are two white girls. Two very white girls. And just discussing a topic. And we want you to know that we have all the respect in the world for everybody that this concerns. And thank you for allowing us to talk about it, but not allowing for us to talk about it. So we're sorry and thank you. Sorry and thank you. Um, so my sources for this segment are wikipedia.com, legendsofamerica.com, kutv.com, cvltnation.com, and allthatsinteresting.com, our I favorite. I love all that's interesting. Me too. So to start, by definition in Navajo culture, a skinwalker is a harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. Z- 
Is your? I wouldn't want to talk about it either. <laughs> Me neither. So this specific witch is referred to as the Navajo, or is referred to the Navajo as the Yinaldushai. I probably butchered that. Bear with me. You went me. with a lot of confidence, and I appreciate I did. that. I think, yeah, thank you. Proud of you. Um, this name translate to the translates to the phrase "with it he goes on all fours." Oh fuck! Very no. serious translation. That there. is very serious. Um, so the Yinaldushai or the Navajo Skinwalker is just one of many types of Navajo witches, except this one is considered to be the most volatile and dangerous. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I'm kind of scared of them. Anyway. We're going to have to sage our houses. So, yeah. Before we talk about their most famous and dangerous legend, I want to briefly give some information on the Navajo history and culture. Because I think it's something to talk about. Um, The Navajo are a Native American people of the southwestern United States. Archaeological evidence suggests that the Navajo ancestors entered the southwest around 1400 A.D. Way before Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah, but we already knew that shit. But we already knew that shit. Anyway, currently, the Navajo Nation is the largest federally recognized tribe in the United States and has the largest reservation in the country. The reservation stands on the four corners, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado. Y'all, I wanted so... When we were over there, I wanted so badly to be able to go... Is it Antelope Canyon that... Yes, yeah. it's in the Nav- Navajo Reserve. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't get to go because COVID, and they, they're not letting people onto the reserve, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But like, oh my God. And the I got to meet actually a lady there. She Her name was Monica, and she was Navajo. And so she got to tell us the stories about her grandmother, and she was like the last Navajo princess. No way. Mm-hmm. And she was raised in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Dope. That's- Awesome. That is dope, isn't it? I've been to Antelope Canyon. It was beautiful. It right. was it's very The photos are amazing. Yes, it's very, very protected. Very sacred too. Yes, and sacred, and it is beautiful. If you ever have the chance to go, it is worth the money. Give and them be their money. Very be very respectful. respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, beautiful. Definitely a bucket list item. So their reservation spreads over more than twenty seven thousand miles. Oh wow cover a very large area of land. Their grounds have seasonal dwelling areas to accommodate livestock, agriculture, and gathering practices as they were semi-nomadic. The structure of the Navajo society is largely a matrilineal system, which is the tracing of kinship through the female line. And I love this because I am a female. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like... We're some like female. I need a bad bleep, Addison Ray. I love this song because I, I be a am bad bleep, Navajo woman. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So basically, this means that everything passes through the females of the family. Dope. The family of the woman own the livestock dwellings, planting areas, and livestock grazing areas. Once they are married, the Navajo man would live with his bride in her dwelling. Hell yeah! And near her mother's family. Daughters yes. are the ones who receive the property inheritance. Dope. Um, children are born to the mother's clan and are born for the father's clan. Uh, and that's on period. And that's on period. <laughs> I love it. Um, another thing I love about their culture is that neither sex can live without the other. Men and women are seen as contemporary equals. Mm. United States, do you want to take some some um, advice tips from the people that we stole the land from i think so i think that might be a good idea i think so maybe anyway 
Their spirituality is about restoring balance and harmony to a person's life. The Navajo people believe they pass through three worlds before arriving in this world. Um, Their biggest belief is that they must do everything in their power to maintain the balance between Mother Earth and man. Oh. Yeah. Beautiful. That is gorgeous. Again, something that we should probably pick up on. Just saying. Right. Something like protect your yep. planet, yep. like love your home. Yep. Anyway. Leave and on it better that, than you found it. And on that note, let's head into the legend of the skinwalkers. Bum, bum, bum. So usually skinwalkers are witches that have evolved from living their life in their tribe as respected healers or spiritual guides. Oh. And it's not until later that they choose to use their powers for evil. Although these witches can be either male or female, they are often males. Okay. Hell, if I was a female there, I'd be like, y'all go worship evil. I don't know. Yeah. I'm living good. Here. <laughs> Actually, we're queens, so I don't know what you need. Like, I'm a princess. Yes. This tribe, so yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm royalty, basically. Um, during the day, they walk freely among the tribe, and then they transform during the nighttime. So how do they become a skinwalker? These people must be initiated by a secret society, like a secret witch society, okay. that requires an evil task, killing a close family member okay usually a brother or sister so fucked up oh my god this evil society of witches they usually gather in dark and secluded places like caves um their meetings would consist of initiation which we discussed what initiation is um plotting activities harming humans from a distance with the use of black magic so they're like practice practicing black magic in these caves as well as dark ceremonial rites some ceremonies can, like, if you were to, like, peek in on one, they can be, like, I guess intriguing. They include dancing, feasts, sand painting, like, like a basic, you know, right. ceremony. But they are all corrupted and different from a normal, tri- normal tribal affairs because they are all performed with dark connotations. These members are said to engage in cannibalism, incest, grave robberies, and necrophilia with female corpses. Which is sexual interactions. Shut up. Shut up. Fuck that. Right. Not cool. The leader of the skinwalkers is usually a powerful, long-lived old man who has been a skinwalker for a very long time. Um, Once their deed is completed, a.k.a. the killing of a sibling, so their initiation, they acquire these supernatural powers, I guess you would call them, um, that give them the ability to shapeshift into animals. Usually, skinwalkers are seen in the form of coyotes, wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, and bears. Basically, like any, like... Shut up. So, was Twilight skinwalkers? That's... Okay, yes. Okay, I knew... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I thought the entire time when I was, like, researching this. So, then I wonder how the novel feel about Twilight. Right. And is that where, like, the legend of werewolves come from? Skinwalkers? Oh shit! Well, if so, because like I that's think like a rare a werewolf is like different, right? Like it's like its own. Like I thought it was like tied to like vampires. But well, I don't know. Well, like that's were- there is like werewolves in themselves, you know, like yeah, people that change overnight because they got bit by another werewolf, and like that's a whole different legend from this. This is completely different. Maybe, and they probably didn't like shine enough or shine right light on it because they right. weren't doing like these dark 
evil. Like they were showing like a regular Indian tribe that just right. transforms into wolves at nighttime or right. when they get angry. And we didn't see them killing anybody. It was just when they got to an age, they changed into. Right. No, wait, some werewolves. Okay. On the vampire diaries are really getting off track here. You have to kill someone to become a werewolf. So then, okay, Vampire Diaries, they're talking about yeah. skinwalkers. Yeah. Wow. You How do we say S-dubs? S-dubs. Like, I'm scared out to be saying that in my house. <laughs> no, don't say S-dubs. <laughs> Just keep going. Um, yeah. No, I'm scared. So, basically, they take the form of any type of, like, predator animal. Okay. Um, but they can truly take shape of any animal. Whichever animal that they've chosen to take shape of, they will be seen in their human form wearing the skins of this animal. Okay. And in order to gain even more power, sometimes these witches or skinwalkers will wear animal skulls or antlers on top of their head. Oh. Like that makes them more powerful. Okay. So they are able to choose which animal they want to be depending on what is needed for a particular task. So I'm assuming by this statement here that they can be a wolf one night and then they could be a dog another night something that's less intimidating um this can be dependent on the speed the animal has the strength the endurance the stealth the claws and the teeth so like they look at all of that like what they need to get done i'm gonna turn into this animal kind of thing right so back to twilight have it here in my notes taylor what would you turn into not saying that we ever want to be skinwalkers but if you could shapeshift what would I shapeshift into? Yeah. Well, you know me. I'm going to be a cat. <laughs> and I'm going to be a house cat. An indoor-outdoor house cat. So I can get all the drama of the street cats, but then still get to come home. You know what I just watched? What? So off topic. Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> and how about this? Disney put a warning in front of the movie. It was on Disney+. Plus, and it said, like, the, the content of this um, movie. movie is not, like, publicly acceptable anymore has a lot of like racial slurs and stuff like they like had this big drawn out like paragraph right before um, oh lady and the tramp because it's like talking about like the siamese cats and the song with it and like oh shit yeah so anyway that just i don't know i don't know why i watch it i put i put shit on for ollie in the morning at 7 30 so that he like i look for dog stuff like i just have you looked at the, this morning. the cat do they have a dog channel like they have a cat channel on youtube no, no, no. Um, oh, Amazon Prime has for your animals. Like there's an Amazon Prime thing just for cats and it's like a 38 hour loop. I don't really know if Is it's it just on. like outdoors? Like, well, birds no, there's some, stuff? there's some that are like that. And then there's some, and it's like other cats just like walking around. And then there's yeah. one and it's like a cat, like it's like cat puppets having fights. It's really funny. Yeah. I, I like, I do put stuff on like that for him, like separation anxiety, like 18 hour loop yeah. stuff for him. But, I, I've been putting on like dog cartoons cause he loves watching TV. Like he sits there and watches TV. So like a little bark will like spark his interest and he'll like watch it. Like he watched Balto Cutie. this morning. Tomorrow we'll probably do like underdog. <laughs> anyway. Nikki, what would you be? Nikki, what would you be? A cow. A cow? A cow. You want me touching your nipples all the time? I'm going <laughs> to. You want, you want a farmer milking you? A baby cow that never gets bigger. Like the fluffy ones? You have to eat salad for the rest of your life. Grass, not salad. Grass. No dressing, no carrots. I don't know. And and other people's shit. That's fine. 
<laughs> oh my god. Well, I would. I. <laughs> That's my favorite eating grass and shit. No, um, no. <laughs> I would probably want to be a dog, but if of I course. was like wanting to be a predator, then I'd be a wolf, like Team Jacob shit. If I wanted to be Back a to predator, Twilight. I would be an like, alligator. No, I'd be a cat form of a predator, like a cougar, jaguar, panther. lion, panther. panther, black panther. What's the ones that goes from zero to sixty? Cheetah, a leopard, or cheetah? Yeah, remember that. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Nah. Giraffe Purple. would be pretty cool though. Purple. neck. Anyway, um, back to back to the story. So sorry, everybody. so sorry about that. Long um, loop, but we're back. Yes, because of this legend of being able to transform into the skin that you wear, the Navajo do not allow for its members to wear the pelt of any predatory animal. Okay. So leather, buckskin, and sheeps are acceptable, but like you can't be wearing like wolf skin and whatever else I said before, which is like pretty smart. Which means right. they like seriously like don't fuck with this. Literally, yeah. Like this is not something that you even talk about. Yeah. Sorry again. So sorry. Um, if a human were to lock eyes with a skinwalker, the skinwalker is then able to take possession of their body. And make them do and say things under the skinwalker's control. So in order to tell if an animal is a skinwalker and not an animal, basically, you have to look them in the freaking eye. So you're already possessed, but that's the only way you can tell is by looking at their eyes. Oh, no. So basically, once you're already possessed and when it's too late, you would know that this animal is not a skinwalker. Um, the animals usually have eyes that look very human. And they turn bright red when the light is like shined on them. And opposite, when skinwalkers are in their human form, their eyes look more like animals. And then the conspiracy theorist in me is like lizard people. Oh, are they God. skinwalkers? Here we go. Anyway. Lizard people are skinwalkers. You've heard it here Dude, first. Folks. They have like snake eyes. I don't know. I've never seen one. And like snakes, like oh, tie that into the Illuminati. Snakes like the devil's thing. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. That is a um, Hollow and, Earth, yes. Yes, Hollow Earth, yes. Back to that. In addition to taking form of animal, it's said that they have the ability to control the creatures of the night. So creatures that are like more active than night, wolves and owls, for example. And in order to do so, they call on spirits of the dead to reanimate corpses to attack their enemies. No. And basically because of their ability to literally have an army at nighttime, the Navajo people hardly venture out alone at night yeah i would so never i would so never skinwalkers can also read others minds they can control thoughts and behaviors and they can cause death or illness like yeah, they're like, basically why, why would you like ever cursing you to have illnesses like literally you walk and you see an owl and you're fucked right i would never go out at night no <laughs> no they are powerfully scary. Yeah. Um, they can run faster than a car. They can jump off very high cliffs. They are extremely agile and impossible to catch. They leave tracks larger than a regular animal. Um, those that have been spotted. Yes, there have some that have been spotted, and I will talk about that. Oh, yes. But those that have been spotted have reported seeing a creature that is not fully human and not fully an animal. They are seeing or reporting a very muscular, hairy being that is usually naked but some have reported seeing skinwalkers wearing ripped jeans or not sh- jeans, ripped shirts or pants. Like basically, Diesel jeans. like like they're seeing like these like wolf looking creatures 
on their hind legs in ripped shirts and pants. Like human like like it's like totally mixed. So they have So they're jorts? not like Jorts like Jacob wore the entire Twilight movie? Yeah. Maybe uh, we should title this Skinwalkers, Twilight, and whatever your case is. Okay. <laughs> and diesel jeans. Do you know what that vine no, is? No, no. <laughs> how's it go? Shower time, Adderall, glass of whiskey, and diesel jeans. It's, it's the best. It's the best TikTok. I mean, best Vine ever. I probably if would if I saw it, but you, I don't. You would. I, Nikki loves it and always says it won't. Anybody says jeans. So. So weird. She's so weird. Anyway. Um, no, she's not. No, I'm not. I'm just laying on the couch listening to my friends talk to a microphone. <laughs> I love it here. Um, you are able to prepare yourself when a skinwalker is near, although I don't know how much you could really prepare your like yourself unless you knew some type of protection spell right but they are notorious for making sounds around your home knocking on windows beating on walls um, scraping sounds on your roof animal sounds they peer through the windows but most often they are seen in the middle of a road or like on the bank of a road hoping to like jump out in front of a car for a serious accident like that's like the most common sightings is i have chills all over my fucking body right now i'm like not okay like i don't ever want to go out west again no i'm never going thanks for ruining it for me morgan i'll never see fucking antelope canyon you're welcome um (laughs) i'm sorry no you have to see it so what's their goal or their purpose? Um, they're usually killing out of greed or anger, or envy, spite, revenge. They rob graves for the purpose of personal wealth and to collect their ingredients for their use of their black magic, which I guess, I mean, you don't disturb the dead. I, no. You don't ever. rob graves, gra- graves, but I'm not even going to defend them. Yeah, where, <laughs> I don't where, even know where are you going with I'm this. I'm going with this is that like they're at least getting like human bones from dead people instead of like killing people to get their human bones. You yeah, know what I mean? Killing their own brothers and sisters. Yeah, you're right. Okay. There's no defense. I'm really sorry I even went there. Um, so this is why they continue to kill. Once you become a skinwalker, you must continually kill or you will die. Like your body needs that to live. So more human bones? Live people bones? I guess. Or okay. blood? Like a vampire? No, no blood. Um, So their purpose is basically evil power. It sounds a lot like the Illuminati to me. Um, Sorry. The history of the Skinwalker starts with what is known as the Long Walk in 1864. After wars between the United States Army and the Navajo people over land, so fucked up, the Navajo were expelled from their land that they had had for centuries. Centuries, people. If you don't know anything, I'm going to pause here. If you don't know anything about what the United States has done to Native Americans... Oh, they know. Fucking research Everybody it. in the world has to know. Well, if you don't... PSA, it's fucked up. Yeah, it is. Once banned, they were forced to march to Fort Summer in New Mexico. And this is what is known as the Long Walk of the Navajo. Once there, the members of the tribe suffered from bad water, failed crops, illness, and death, reducing their tribe numbers tremendously. Four years later, the Navajo were allowed to return to their homeland in the Four Corners area. But... During this time is when many members of the tribe turned to shape-shifting and black magic in order to survive. Like, literally, they were in horrible conditions with no food or water. Right. So they went to black magic. The remaining members of the tribe blamed the shapeshifters for their harsh conditions. Like, they're saying, like, because you use black magic, you cursed our tribe. Oh. Kind of deal. 
So this started the Navajo witch purge in 1878. Oh, shit. During this time, 40 suspected Navajo witches were killed in order to restore harmony and balance, which is like their motto. Um, In order to kill a skinwalker, it's damn near impossible unless you are a powerful shaman. The only way to kill a skinwalker is to know spells and rituals that will turn the evil power back upon the skinwalker itself. So like reflecting the evilness. Right. They also say a bullet dipped in white ash will kill a skinwalker only if it hits them in the neck or the head. So is the white ash like of white sage? I don't know. But okay. while we're here. While we're here. Yeah, while we should, we're talking about we should sage. discuss. Yeah, yeah we need to bring this up. So Because we've been meaning to. Yeah, we've been meaning to every single episode. But PSA, I know we say like we're saging, blah, blah, blah. When we say saging, we specifically mean cleansing, okay? That's just the term we use, just like... Certain sage is sacred and should not be used outside of... Outside of Native American tribes because it's used as medicine. It's used for multiple other things that we will never truly fully understand, and it is theirs. So... It's endangered. Please, you know, be aware of that whenever you're buying different types of sage. We cleanse with multiple other things. We have, um, diff- we cleanse with lavender. We have Palo Santos. We have oils. We have feathers that we use. So we have multiple other things that we, prayer we uh, and holy water and a bunch of other things, okay? So please just know when we say saging, we mean cleansing. So I want you to know that whenever moving forward and also just... Be aware of the things that you're using and when using it, if you're using anything, thank the earth and thank the people that yes, taught us absolutely. how to use it. Absolutely. Okay, off my soapbox. Off I'm topic. Um, I'm going to switch gears here to Ballard, Utah's infamous Skinwalker Ranch. This is one of the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspots on earth. In the 1990s, Skinwalker Ranch became the focus of Skinwalkers. And it has a huge, you know, I love this. It has a huge history of UFOs aliens, cattle mutilations, crop circles, etc. This ranch is located near the Ute Indian Reservation, and the name Skinwalker Ranch came from the idea that the Ute people believe the Navajo have put a curse on their tribe in retribution for many historical transgressions. Since then, the Ute people claim the Skinwalkers have plagued them. Oh. And there's been a shit ton of sightings there. According to authors Colm Kelleher and George... Now, K-N-A-O-O, sorry, George K., um, who wrote Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah. They have seen or have evidence of over 100 incidents at this ranch. This includes vanishing and mutilated cattle, sightings of UFOs and orbs, and large animals with piercing red eyes that were unscathed when struck by bullets. But what I love most about this ranch, I guess this is a fun fact, is that my man, post-freaking-Malone, has been there. (laughs) I just want to talk briefly on this. What was he doing? His purpose of his visit was that he's, like, extremely, he became extremely invested with paranormal. This kind of doesn't surprise me. Right. And he spent the day at the ranch with the owner, Brandon Fugel, who is a part of the series on the History Channel, The Secret of the Skinwalker Ranch. Post Malone was intrigued by the scientific technology that they had at the ranch for their investigations and actually helped out with some of the investigations while there. Side note, you know, I just kind of wanted to add that like Posty was there. Like, that's kind of cool. And he's like on one of their episodes that was posted in like 
February 2021. So I don't think the episode is aired, but right. Anyway, check out that show if you guys really like this topic. Um, the Secret of the Skinwalker Ranch History Channel. In 1997, Colm Keller spotted, that's the author, Colm Keller spotted a large humanoid figure perched in a tree. Gross. It was 20 feet off the ground and 50 feet away just staring at him. Hell no. He fired at a rifle at it and it fled leaving claw marks and imprints on the ground. And he wrote in his book, the large creature that lay motionless almost casually in the tree the only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light, like the light they were shining. How creepy. Gross. And this was only a couple days after a very odd incident happened at the ranch. The ranch manager and his wife had just tagged a calf. So you said you wanted to be a baby cow. Do you want to be a baby cow at the Skinwalker Ranch, Nikki? No. Okay. Yeah, you probably don't. <laughs> Where do you want to be a baby cow at? Okay, so you exactly where the Skinwalker Ranch is. Okay. I don't want it to be called that. Okay, let me tell you this story. You get to pick where you go. I want to be on Chip and Joanna Gaines' farm. In Texas. Okay. Okay. She's going to be in what is it? What is it? Waco. 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 So the manager and his wife had just tagged a calf when their dog started acting strangely. 45 minutes later, they went back out to their 84-pound baby cow, killed gutted and drained with blood by nikki like the calf was like hollowed out empty gross <laughs> right what are the odds so anyway i don't really i, I know you're gonna be mad because i know you're really excited but i don't want to dive too deep into the skinwalker ranch because you're gonna come back i'd to i'd love to cover it in some type of alien segment but the gist <laughs> is that it's covered in skinwalkers okay. um so now My favorite part of paranormal segments are personal stories. So I found this website. It is called cltnation.com, and they have 12 encounters written from these people's perspectives. I'm only going to read a few because I've been blabbling on quite some time, and I know you have quite a long story. So I picked my two favorites. Um, First one I want to talk about is titled, It Was Like It Knew We Knew What It Really Was. Oh, Yeah, it's creepy. So I'm going to just read it. I decided to join my bestie Karen for a three-day stay at her grandmother's place on the res, as in reservation. Her grandmother lives near a place called Tupa City, Arizona, in the middle of nowhere but surrounded by rural homes. We go to college together, and I was kind of interested to know about Navajo tradition. The first day we stayed, it was pretty chill, nothing out of the ordinary, but then her grandma, not that old, around 67, said that a stray dog came out of nowhere and wouldn't leave. To me, it did kind of act strange and ugly looking. Black, shaggy coat looked like a mix between a German Shepherd and a lab. German Shepherds. That night, we were watching a movie in the living room. Had big windows that looked out into the front where the cars are parked. Nothing fancy. With the curtains wide open. Grandma was in the kitchen cooking dinner and we were watching a movie. Next to the window is a medium bookshelf and where DVDs are kept. Karen went to put back a DVD we had just watched, but she freaked out because that stray black dog was staring at us through the window, standing on top of a wood box outside. No. Not something normal dogs do from my point of view or hers. Usually my dog, which is a house dog, scratches the door to be let in. Reservation dogs aren't house dogs, and dogs inside houses are frowned upon in Navajo tradition because they are meant to protect the house and the owner. So they're outside dogs. The other dogs seem to stay away from it, 
Karen opened the door and yelled at it to get off the box, and it ran off behind the shed. We went into Tuba City to get some groceries, came back to the house. The dog was nowhere to be seen, nothing unusual. Grandma went to visit some people, so it was just Karen and I. About 5 o'clock, we heard someone trying to open the door. Both of us looked out since there had been no car heard and no dogs barking. Looking out the living room window to the door, there was a dog. There was the dog trying to open the door with its paws. Two paws wrapped around the brass doorknob standing on its hind legs. I thought that was weird, but it wasn't really freaked out. Karen was. She opened the door and chased it off. Grandma came back later and Karen told her. Grandma didn't like what she heard. Got ready to sleep and we slept in the spare bedroom since it had two beds. One window with curtains opened a little. We turned off the light, but there was a sound coming from on top of the roof. No. Pitter-patter footsteps and scratching sounds and panting. It then sounded like it jumped off into the large plastic water barrel that they had behind the house. At first, we heard what sounded like barking, but as it grew louder, the other dogs seemed to be barking at something also. But all of a sudden, something was running around the house barking, and it was no dog. Nope, it wasn't. This barking sounded human, a deep male voice barking like it knew that we knew it wasn't a dog. Then she continues to write, Woof, 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 rough, rough, arf, arf, arf. I'm not going to bark on here. Um, Just exactly like that, adding the W's, the R's, and the A's. Then panting again by the window and we started to freak out. Karen decided to, in my opinion, was stupid, open the curtains to look out, look outside. Karen, no. There was a stray dog on its hind legs looking into our bedroom, but this time it stunk. And what I thought were two black holes in the neck were just another pair of eyes twinkling. Think of those ugly, glossy spider eyes staring at you. And the paws were deformed-looking hands with overgrown, somewhat thick and sharp fingernails. Again, both screaming and shutting the curtains closed, Grandma came running through the door and seeing it. First thing she did was grab ashes from the fireplace, load three shells into the shotgun from under her bed, bless herself in Navajo, and went outside to shoot it, yelling in Navajo about how the thing wasn't welcome there and to get the hell out of here for it to go linger somewhere else. Them both being traditional, the next day they called a medicine man to come over and put cider in. Cedar. C-E-D-A-R. Cedar. Cedar in. He prayed over everyone with cedar smoke and an eagle feather, blessed the place, made us eat bitter herbs called eagles, eagle's goal or something, and gave me an arrowhead. Apparently I needed to carry one for protection and a little pouch called corn pollen. Seems to work pretty well. The medicine man said that, yes, that dog was a skinwalker, which in Navajo is a long word is a long word, but I call them Yoshis. The body of the stray dog, which was killed by the skinwalker, made an illusion. So I guess I ran into a stray dog. I don't think she mentioned that. Made an illusion so that we wouldn't know it wasn't a real dog. He also said that Yoshis tend to harm people by using some sort of human bone straw to spit at someone. Like think spitballs, but only deadlier. And get human bones into them. So spitting human bones into somebody else. Doctors cannot detect it, but the medicine man that day pulled a piece of human skull out of grandma's right shoulder. Pretty big, about two inches long and one centimeter thick. It was real because we watched him pull it out of her. That was intense. That's our story. So at some point when she was chasing off this dog, he spit something at her. I have chills all over my body. I'm not okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read one more. It's it's a lot shorter, but um, this one's just another. Um, I'm going to read this one because she is a member of the Navajo. Okay. Uh, my grandmother on my mother's side has always been very superstitious. Sorry, this is titled, Yanal Dushai is watching me. 
Um, my grandmother on my mother's side has always been very suspicious for lack of better word. She's not religious, but she does believe in a lot of paranormal stuff. Her mother was full-blooded Navajo and her father was Irish. Either way, she'd never been anywhere east of Montana and she grew up in Nevada. One year when I was in grade school, we went to visit her. Most of the visit was pretty uneventful, typical boring old people stuff, except she always kept her curtains drawn shut and would always peek out the window. And when someone asked what she was doing, she would simply reply, Yenel Dushai is watching me. This went on for nearly the entire visit until a few days before we were due to leave. My grandma and my then baby brother, he's 19 now, were in the front yard that evening, planting flowers when all of a sudden my grandmother starts shouting, insert little brother's name here, get away from that creature. It's not safe. Of course, being in Nevada, we only assumed that my brother had found a scorpion or a rattlesnake. So we all run outside to see my grandmother clutching my little brother and shaking in terror against the side of the house. Standing out in the yard was a large, black, Great Dane-sized dog. It was staring at my grandmother with an intensity I'd never seen before. It looked up at us, gave a little huff, and bounded off. I don't remember if it moved unusually fast or not, but I do remember it had really deep orange eyes. When my mother asked my grandmother what had happened, she kept repeating, the Yenel Dushi has found me. And she moved a couple weeks after that. A look at I, my cheeks have chills. I wish I wish I could go through and read all these stories, but I just I want those two were like Navajo blood, oh which is why I read God. those ones. Um, yeah, and that is my segment, guys. That was dope. And again, I don't hope I offended anybody. Um, if I did, I'm sorry. I know intentions. We're really, really too. sorry. <laughs> no intentions too. Um, yes, that is my story. I think you did a really good job. Thank you. I really like that. The thing that I hate every morning is doing my mascara. I can live without foundation and lipstick. Thank you, mask, for that. But when I don't have anything on my lashes, I look dead. The thing that makes my morning smoother and my routine faster is having my lash extensions done. Getting them done is no burden, as it is the true beauty sleep that when you wake up from your nap, you feel like a million bucks and hotter than Kim K herself. That's my girl. Lash extensions are new to Knoxville, but not new to the beauty world. Asia K Salon has been in business over eight plus years with nine plus advanced lash courses, allowing them to give you the ultimate best lash experience possible. And let me tell you, their lash beds are comfortable. If you mention our names and that you heard us talk about them on our most recent episode when you make your next appointment, you will receive 44% off. You can book and follow them on Facebook or on Instagram at Asia K Salon or asiakesalon.com. Happy lashing. I really hope that you guys have a long road trip right now because you're going to need to buckle in. It's going to be a long one. But Taylor, I'm so excited because you're excited. Okay. What do you have for us? So before I get started, um, let me put my glasses on because I've been looking at this screen all day today and I need some protection on my eyes. Feel that. Yes. So the case that I have is very, very well known, like on the level of Casey Anthony and Lacey Peterson type of well known. And if you don't remember it by the name, you will 100% remember it because of the storyline of this case and its media presence. And also, it just came back into the spotlight in summer of 2020. Now, with that being said, there are a few things that we need to go over before I get into the story because it is such a sensitive and 
A rough story. Okay. So one, with it being so well-known, please, please, please give me some grace. I have done the best I possibly can to educate myself on this entire topic. I've known about this case for a really long time, and I know how sensitive people are about it, but I'm sure... Y'all don't come at us. Don't come at me, please. I'm going to cry. We work hard. (laughs) But I'm sure I'm going to, you know, leave something out or fuck something up, and I'm probably going to have a different opinion from somebody, but that's okay. Um, number two, this involves the disappearance and murder of a young child. So it deserves a serious, no, a serious trigger warning, um, for assault, sexual, sexual abuse and disturbing content involving children. Lastly, we are not going to mom, dad, parent shame throughout this entire story. So if that's something that you like to do, Karen, I'm going to have to redirect you to episode two where I cover Diane, Diane Downs and you can mom shame the your fuck little fucking her. heart out. Like you can go Goodbye, in. Karen. Not your episode. Not your episode, sis. Probably not the entire time was this your episode. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not a shot. Yeah, not a shot. So um, let's get started with all that being said. Keep that in mind as we go through. But I am going to be covering the disappearance slash murder of Madeline Maddie McCann. Oh, shit. Do you know this one? Yeah. Okay. So my sources are Australia 60 Minutes, Wikipedia, The New Daily, Crime Junkies Podcast, Variety.com, BBC Network, Discovery Plus docuseries, which is um, The Prime Suspect, The Sun, The Maddie Case Files, Reddit, CBS, 48 Hours, The New Zealand Herald, um, The... It, independent and inews.co.uk pause there do y'all see how many sources she has you know that she's worked her freaking ass off on this i'm shaking in my boots okay and let- her sources are like documentaries that are like three hours long yeah i've been killing it y'all aren't so even prepared yeah so i'm a real researcher now <laughs> okay let's get started So Kate and Jerry McCann were both practicing physicians originally from and married in Glasgow, Scotland. Physicians. Did I say that? think he said positions oh sorry guys i'm shaking <laughs> positions um but they were in scotland before they moved to england and that is where they had their first daughter madeline on may 12 2003 and two years later in 2005 the couple welcomed a set of twins into their family it was a beautiful little boy and a beautiful little girl madeline's beautiful too yes you're beautiful too maddie girl so in 2007 the mccann's went on a week-long vacation or holiday with their close-knit friend group to Praia de Luz, which is a village in Portugal with a population of 1,000 and is well-known as its little nickname, Little Britain. So in Praia de Luz, right, it's cute. In Praia de Luz, they all stayed at the Mark Warner's Ocean Club Resort. And this is like the most epic vacation ever because the in the group, there were nine adults and eight children in all. That sounds like a blast. Right. And they were all best friends, like yeah. long-term best friends. So there's really no reason for me to go through the entire group and name person by person just because it's not really relevant to the story. And I'm going to specifically name a few people that need to be named. But outside of that, you can just Google it and see everybody. But think about it like this. It's like if me, Logan, you, Aaron, Nikki, McKenna, Noodle, Peyton, Matt, Kelly, and all of our kids went on a dope ass vacation. Oh my God. Like it, and you know, basically we brought all the kids just so they could keep each other company. And right. then, you know, we're and just we chilling. Were on vacation. Yeah, we're on vacation. 
they even one of the couples even brought like their grandma like the girl's mom and they were like watching the kids too the whole time so pretty dope that sounds like my job sometimes <laughs> just come on vacation so we come on vacation <laughs> so like i said i'm not gonna go through everybody but i'm gonna bring them up as we go by so um but of the nine adults and the eight children the mccann made up five of the 17 people So the McCann family was staying on the ground floor floor condo of 5A, and the other families were staying in the ground floor condos 5B through 5D, with the fifth family being in the condo directly above the others, so just one floor above. So every night looked relatively the same on this holiday. These families would come in from a day of fun, whether it was at the beach, at the pool, whatever, feed the children dinner around 5 p.m., bathe the kids, and lay them down to sleep. And while they waited for the children to fall asleep, the parents would get ready, drink wine, and just hang out. And then they would lock the main door to the condo before quietly sneaking out their sliding door patios to meet the other parents parents at a restaurant that was 180 feet from their patios. They would sit at the exact same table every night that gives them the perfect view of their rooms. And the only thing separating the parents from their rooms was a pool in the patio gate. So this is May 3rd, 2007, and it is no exception from this entire routine. This is the sixth night of their holiday. And at this point, the restaurant staff knew exactly what to expect from this super fun group of friends. So every 15 to 30 minutes, one of you, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you know, like, the restaurants you and when you were in, in like an all inclusive resort, right. like you bond with the right. staff. You're like besties, and with them. you're like, "Hey, what's up?" And they're right. like, "Morgan," and you're like, exactly. you know, like you're like vibing with them. They all have your week drinks long. waiting on you right. when you get there, right? You know, yeah. So this is like the best vacation. So every 15 to 30 minutes, one of the couples would get up to go check on their kids and just to make sure that none of the children were up or crying or whatever, and then they would return to the table, and then the cycle would continue, right? So, right. So this went on from 8.35 p.m. when they were seated at the restaurant until 10 p.m. So before I go through this mini timeline that I'm about to give you, I want to walk you through the layout. So there's a team crime post that's up already. It's going to be right before the um, episode 29 just because we didn't do two posts. (laughs) Um, But it's going to be there. So um, if you're looking at it, it is a 180-foot crow's fly distance from the table that they're sitting at to the patios. So that means if you could basically walk on water and levitate over gates, you could get there in 180 feet. However, they couldn't do this. So it was a 295 foot actual walk down like a, a side street. And that's how they get. So they would just like go Which around the like pool area. It's like a three minute walk. It's right? two minute walk right. is what it was time to be. And that was like leisurely. That wasn't like in a fast paced movement. Right. But they still had a perfect view of their patio doors. So they could see clearly what was going on. And not to mention the restaurant kind of sat up on a hill so they're kind of like looking down so they have an even better view of what is going on on their patios so at 9 p.m jerry got up from the table and took the two-minute leisurely walk down the street into their rooms when he arrived at the room he noticed that the door to the kids room wasn't meeting the frame as he and kate had left it he wasn't that worried just because, you know, like, he's like, maybe the wind caught it when we were leaving. Maybe one of the kids got up, Ma- Madeline maybe got up and, like, peeked through the door, whatever. So he just gently cracked the door, saw that all three children were peacefully sleeping in their beds, and then he quietly pulled the door to and left the room. Next, at around 
9.30 p.m., Kate got up to head towards the room to go check on the children, but one of her oldest friends, Matthew Oldfield, who was staying in room 5B, was heading back to the room to check on his own children. So he said, hey, I'm walking back that way. I'll just peek my head in and see that they're okay. And they're like, okay. I mean, this is like if I asked you to check on my kids. Right. I'm not thinking – or Aaron. I would not yeah. think twice of it, you know? Yeah. So – he gets to the room, he went and checked on his kids, and he went into the McCann's room. He listened to see if any of the children were up or moving around. He noticed that the door to the children's room was wide open, but he reached in, gent- gently pulled the door to, and left the room to head back to the restaurant. At 10 p.m., it was Kate McCann's turn to go check, and she walked back to her condo and headed for her children's room. She then noticed that the door was more cracked open than she had left it. Like I said, typically, it was pulled to the door frame, but this time it was at a 45 degree angle opened. As she reached to the door to grab it, the wind slammed the door shut and she's like, what the fuck? Why is there wind in the condo? The door shut. Yeah. So she opens the door up and she realizes that the window in the children's room is wide open with the shutters open and she did not leave it like that. She looks over at her three-year-old daughter's bed, and Madeline was gone. Oh, my God. The only thing in her bed was her cuddle cat and her pink blankie. I'm going to Poor baby girl. She checked the bathrooms, the kitchen, her and Jerry's room, but there was no sign of Madeline. Kate ran as fast as she could back to the Tapas restaurant, frantically screaming at her husband and her closest friends in the world, Madeline is gone. Immediately, all the couples jump up and begin searching the resort. They alerted the resort staff of the situation and called the police. The police arrived at the scene at 8.30, I mean, I'm sorry, 10.30 p.m., and 60 staff members and resort guests helped search for Madeline until 4.30 in the morning. At 2 a.m. that morning, investigators brought two patrol dogs, and at 8 a.m., they brought four search and rescue um, dogs. They searched all waterways, wells, sewers, caves, pools, streets, but there was just no sign of Madeline. At 10 a.m., roadblocks were put into place and Border Patrol was um, was engaging in relentless searches at all exits and airports. After 4.30 a.m. when the search ended, Jerry and Kate, along with the rest of the adults, were brought in for questioning. And all of their stories lined up perfectly, except for the account of one of the women named Jane Tanner. Jane Tanner was a long-term partner of Russell O'Brien, who was one of Jerry's longest friends and co-workers. So she's been in this friend group for a really long time, and she was super well-liked. Like, she was really good friends with Kate and Jerry, too. Right. So... Jane and Russell were staying in room 5D with their two children. Jane says that she had left the restaurant to go check on her children at 9.05, five minutes after Jerry had left the restaurant to do his first check of the night on the McCann children. While she was walking down the sidewalk towards the condos, she passed Jerry talking to a fellow Brit that he had met on his walk back to the restaurant. However, Jerry did not recall seeing Jane. She said he was just like in a conversation. She just passed him. Jane continued on her walk to the condo. She checked on her children and left the room. On her walk back down the sidewalk towards the restaurant, she noticed a man carrying a little girl speed walking across the street a few feet in front of her. She said it just stood out to her only after the fact because he was not carrying the child as a father would be carrying. 
a child and the child was barefoot in pink pajamas, similar to the pajamas that Madeline was wearing that night. Jane described the man to be white with dark hair around five foot seven, appearing to be in his mid to late thirties, wearing khaki pants and a dark, thicker jacket. Portuguese police were skeptical about this account, saying that it was suspicious that Jerry did not see her on the walk because it was such a thin, like strip of sidewalk. And because of their doubts, they did not release it to the media or put it out for the public. That's fucked up because you know, if it was Aaron or Logan, they're drunk talking to some guy. They are so honed in, honed in and intrigued at this conversation with some random ass guy. Right. They're not looking. They have no idea. And if I walked past one of them being, you know, an right. idiot, I would have just kept walking. I would have just laughed at him. Yeah. And like, like not I would have been like, yo, over here. Like I would have been like, oh, they're on their spiel. Like, right. Or talk. like, I'm going to be back at the table in five minutes, you right. know, like. We'll talk yeah. about it when we get there. Ask who that person was. Yeah, like, who are we talking to? Right. So the Portuguese police were skeptical, like I said, and they just didn't release it. So 12 days after Madeline's disappearance. 12. On 12 days. So that she went, she disappeared on May 3rd. So on, this is 12 days after, we've skipped ahead a little bit in the future, and I've lost May my 15. place, and I brought it back. Okay, May 14th, right? 12 plus 13 or 12. Wait, you said May 3rd. May 3rd is when she went missing. Plus 12 is May 15th. Okay, May 15th. So 12 days after Madeline's disappearance, Portuguese police questioned their person and questioned their first person of interest. And this person was 34 year old Robert Murat. Murat? Robert N. So. Murat was a British Portuguese property consultant who lived only 150 yards from condo 5A, where he lived with his mother. That is the same direction that the man was heading, according to Jane Tanner's account. Now, what really put him on the radar was the fact that he contacted the Portuguese police offering to work as an interpreter or translator for the case. Mm -hmm. And this is when they find out that three of the nine adults in the McCann's group had seen Robert standing outside of the McCann's condo shortly after Madeline's disappearance. And on top of it all, he has been asking around to investigators and media personnel for specifics. Thank you. (laughs) In the case. So when they try to bring him in for questioning, he explains that he all he wanted to do is just help because he has a daughter that's Madeline's age and he just couldn't imagine what the parents are going through. And he's also British. So he's like, I just wanted to lend a hand. And on May 15th, so late, either later that day or the next day, if I got my dates all mixed up, Portuguese police searched his home, cars, computers, phones, video cameras, drained his pool, had canine searches in his backyard, and they were also using underground radar to see if anything had been buried or hidden in his backyard. Shit. The next day, his family and his friends were all interviewed. However, there was nothing. So basically, he was just being a good dude. Yeah, like a good neighbor. Yeah, he was just being like a good friend. Like, balls help balls. Like, oh my God. Brits help Brits, yeah, you know? Yeah. And on May 26th, and I'm, no- I'm nosy enough to be like, what's going on? Literally. And I, you know, I feel like 
I feel like I would be the person that would almost get myself in. You absolutely yeah, you're would right. be. So I have a podcast. Um, What's going on? I can probably solve this case. Yeah, let me help you because police you saw You saw police lights and all these people investigating this condo. You're walking across the street. Yeah, I'm going across You've the street. You've done it here. I, literally, remember when then the alarm yeah. went off? Yeah, I've done it before. Been there, done that. Wrote the book on it. Anyways. So on May 26, 2007, an Irish couple that was staying in the nearby in a nearby resort on holiday submitted a report to the Portuguese police. So Martin and Mary Smith were roughly 500 yards away from the Ocean Club Resort when they spotted a man carrying a blonde child in pink pajama bottoms with no shoes towards the beach. They described this man to be in his mid-30s, around 5'7 to 5'9, with short black hair, wearing cream trousers and a coat. The man stood out to the Smiths because he seemed uncomfortable carrying a child and he looked as if he was a local um, because of his attire. Because, like, what person that's going on vacation is going to bring a heavy coat? Right. You know? No. That's more of, like, a local foot that you got out of your everyday closet. Yeah. So, finally, the Portuguese police released Jane's account. And they're like, hey, we're searching for this man. Blah, blah, blah. So... What sucks is it's probably too late at this point. Right. Yeah. And the case goes quiet. We don't hear anything, like literally nothing, until three months later on August 2nd when British sniffer dogs arrive at Praia Deluge. The two dogs were named Keela and Eddie. Keela was a crime scene investigation dog trained to give her handler, Martin Grimes, passive alerts when she alerted the scent of human blood she would place her nose to the spot and freeze in that position until relieved by her handler eddie was an enhanced victim recovery dog or cadaver dog eddie was trained to give barking alerts at the scent of a human cadaver he was highly qualified because of his specific training to only bark in response to that sense and absolutely nothing else Keela and Eddie were taken to Condo 5A, a landfill, into the beach. So three different locations. Both dogs barked at the floor behind the sofa in the living room of 5A. And Eddie alerted near the closet in the main bedroom, which was Jerry and Kate's room. After this hit, Eddie... Pause, though. I need to have a little conversation about this. So immediately, I'm thinking, whenever the second guy... Matthew, the friend that was checking, went in. I bet he literally was. I bet this person, the abductor, was literally in in there, the room behind the couch. Yeah, with, with her. her at that point, because yeah. he didn't like. He said he just like listened to see if there was like any kids like up, and then he just shut the door. So he didn't recall seeing anything. Mm-hmm. So for all we know, she had been taken and hidden behind the couch or put into the closet. Right. At this point. After this hit, Eddie and Keela were taken to an underground parking garage where 10 cars were lined up 30 feet apart from each other. In this lineup, the McCann's rental car that they rented 24 days after Madeline's disappearance and the car of Robert Murat were in this lineup. Eddie alerted to the trunk of the McCann's vehicle and Keela alerted to the back side of the driver's door. So like in the Okay, no, I'm sorry. The back side of the driver's seat. So, like, behind the driver's seat. And this seat. is only for dead bodies and blood. Dead bodies and blood. 
So Eddie, the one that's the cadaver dog, alerted at the McCann's vehicle's trunk. Keela alerted to the backside of the driver's chair and the dashboard compartment, which is where the keys and the key ring were. So after this, they took the keys and the key ring and they put it, like, buried it in sand. And there was, like, a bunch of other things in this, like, giant sandbox. Keela went directly to the key ring and pulled it out, alerting that there was blood on it. Now... For me, I go back and forth just because there's a lot of inconsistencies when it comes to dogs. But these were highly rated British dogs that were brought in to Portugal to have this. But, you know, like, they can pick up on things from years before and years after. So they're not given, like, her scent, right? Like, I guess they they would have to have her blood to look for that kind of blood. Yeah. Okay. But but Eddie isn't. Eddie's just human decomp. Okay. Yeah. So what happens next is where this case takes a sharp left turn. On August 8th, while waiting on the DNA results from the dog search, police sit Jerry and Kate down to inform them that they are officially abandoning the abduction theory. They believe that this has now become a murder case. So it's not like she's out there anymore. She hasn't been kidnapped. She's dead. She was killed. Yeah. A month later, on September 4th, Portuguese police released that Jerry and Kate McCann were now becoming persons of interest in the case of their daughter's murder. And I'm sure they were quick to release that. Nope. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant to, to relieve it. Yeah, they, boom. Jane Tanner's account, fuck that. Yeah. Parents involved in it, throw that shit out there. Yeah. So investigators believe that the parents went on the trip, um that were all the parents on the trip. So like all of the nine adults had been giving their children sedatives at night. So that way they wouldn't wake up. And while the parents were out at dinner and after, after specifically, because police believe that the adults were all swingers. Oh, they believe that this was an accidental overdose that they gave Madeline too many sedatives and they tried to hide her body and they forced the other members to form a pact of silence to help the McCanns mislead the police. This makes sense, okay? Other than the fact that it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. It makes absolute zero sense. There's no evidence backing this up. And they're all doctors. This is like if the Grey's Anatomy staff went on a fucking vacation. They know how much they could give No, like kids. literally every single person in this group except for two of them were doctors. The other one was a lawyer right. and a marketing consultant. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no. Sorry, Meredith Grey and Dr. McDreamy are not going to fucking kill their own kid. Right. So no. everybody just stop. And they're doctors, which means they are highly... Aware of how much sedatives they can exactly. get. Exactly. This girl at this pounds, like they they know they that. know it. And then on top of it, you have a lawyer with you. Right. Like she's not gonna be like, yeah, we can hide the body. No. Yeah. No, they all have their no. practices at play here. Exactly. So this their is lies. that makes no sense. Like, whatever. So on July twenty first, two thousand and eight, a year later, Kate and Jerry were finally taken off the list of persons of interest. And then there was nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing for years and years. Yeah, maybe like an alleged sighting or an interview with the parents here and there, but I'm talking like radio silence, nothing. Until June of 2020, when German officials, German officials. So now Germany's involved. Mm-hmm, released that they have a suspect 
43-year-old German man named Christian Bruckner. Is this the spark of the um, documentary? Yeah. Is this why they made that? So this is this is what brought this case back into light. Okay. I'm gonna just call him Christian B because I'm not really good with last names. Yeah. So how did they find this dude? Well, his friend gave him up. His best friend gave him up. In 2017, on the 10-year anniversary of Madeline's disappearance, there was a televised event. And more than 500 miles away from where this event was taking place, Christian sat in a bar with his best friend and their son, I'm sorry, and his son, watching. When he drunkenly confessed to his best friend that he knew exactly what had happened to that little girl. So who is Christian B? Well... He's a well-known sex offender who is regu- who regularly jumps between Germany, Spain, and Portugal. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Yep. Specifically, Priya Deluge. In fact, that is exactly where he was on May 3rd, 2007. His cell phone records placed him at the Ocean Resort between 9 and 10 p.m. on the night that Madeline was taken. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. The entire reason he was even in Portugal at that time was because he was running from German officials because of drug trafficking, theft, and child sex abuse charges. Nice. See, I don't know about you, but I am seriously not understanding why this dude wasn't behind bars already. Right. And I know you're thinking the exact same thing, but after I read you the cases that he is alleged to be involved in, you're going to be sick to your stomach. And pissed. Yeah. In 1994, at 18 years old, Christian B. was charged with molesting a six-year-old little girl in Germany. He immediately fled Germany, running from law enforcement, before returning back and being arrested in 1999. He then served two years in basically like juvie um, before being released. Upon his release, he basically went right back to a life of theft, drugs, and sexually assaulting children while jumping from country to country. And that shit's so sorry to interrupt no, go ahead. again. That shit's so easy there. Right. To jump from because everything to is right there. You can literally just cross over the border. Right. It's like yeah. super easy. We only have Canada and Mexico as our options. Right. And it's a bitch to get into either. <laughs> exactly. As Americans. So <laughs> literally. When I was like traveling through the states in the EU, that was the easiest shit I've ever done. Yeah. I mean, really. So, um, In 2017, he was convicted for sexually assaulting another German child and was sentenced to 15 months in prison. prison. And then in 2018, a witness came forward saying that they had seen a videotape from 2005 of Christian raping raping a 72-year-old American woman in her home in Priya de Luz, Portugal. My God. Up until this point, that was a completely cold case and his DNA in 2019, his DNA tested positive to be, be an exact match to the rape kit that they had luckily kept and collected from the scene at the woman with the woman, and he was charged and convicted. So basically, in June of 2020, German officials had them right had him right where they wanted him, sitting in fucking prison. So Thank God, finally. Right. So what exactly did he tell his friend? That day at the bar. Christian told his friend that he stalked Madeline and her family for four days before walking into Madeline's room and grabbing her. 
He knew the routine. He knew the 15 to 30 minutes. He knew the parents where they would be sitting. He knew exactly which child he wanted. He had been watching them for four days. Sick ass, dude. Are you kidding me? Like, doesn't that just send like chills down your sign? Always change up routine. Literally, that's so scary. And they're thinking like we're safe. We're at a resort. You know, like these people know us. We're looking. If there's a light, we will see it, you know? And this is when worlds collide because the public discovers what other crimes Christian has been a person of interest in. In Portugal, a six-year-old little boy named Rene Hassi, Rene H, was on vacation with his family on June 21st, 1996, when he and his family decided to go on a hike to a beach. He went missing after running just a few feet ahead at the trail and like taking a curve so he could see the ocean. But the parents didn't really think much of it because they're just like a few seconds behind him. They're like, he's six years old. He just ran in front. They're about to walk up. I mean, fuck. Imagine my kids with Logan. I'll never see those motherfuckers. They're all going to get stolen from me. They're all going to be the front of the pack. Yes. feet ahead. Exactly. While we're in the back like this. (laughs) Holly needs a water break. (laughs) Exactly. Not the time to laugh. Not the time to laugh. Sorry, everybody. So he wanted to go see the ocean, so his parents let him run just a little bit ahead. His father and mother caught up just moments later. Like, I'm talking, like, not even a full minute, probably, when they realized that his tracks in the sand vanished with a scuff, as if he had been, like, scooped up. And the only thing that was left of him was his clothing. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So he stripped him. Not so quick. police believed that he had ran towards the ocean and had drowned. They didn't think that anybody stole him. The boy's body was never found. And guess who was living in that area at the time of this disappearance? This motherfucker. Yep, you guessed it. Christian B. Next. On May 2nd, 2015, almost eight years to the day after Maddie's disappearance... A five-year-old little girl named Inga G, I'm not even going to attempt it, was literally snatched out of her family's vacation home while she was setting the table for a backyard cookout. Oh, my God. Literally, y'all, the searches went on for days. There were over thousands of people searching. There was thermal cameras, helicopters, dogs, but this little girl was nowhere to be found. Nothing. This guy was a pro. Like, he yes. did this way more than just a handful of exactly. times. But guess whose cell phone was in the area at the time of her disappearance? Michael fucking B. Michael? What's his name? Christian. Christian, <laughs> Christian fucking B. Michael fucking B. <laughs> Christian B. And what really put Christian on the map was a raid that took place in February of 2016 of his property. And this property, y'all, is where he, like, slept in his, like, Volkswagen Raper van that he had. Nice. But it was a straight-up deserted factory in the middle of the woods in Germany. Like, I'm talking, it's scary. It's going to be on... Like, he owned the factory? He, like, owned the property that was on, and it was abandoned before he bought it. Okay. So, y'all, it's in the pictures of Team Crime, so check it out. But they found six USB drives containing photos and videos of child abuse in the majority he produced himself. But guess where they found these drives specifically? I don't know. 
buried in the backyard under his dead dog's corpse. Ew. Also on the property, they found children's swimsuits and pornographic videos that he had made himself. (laughs) And there are a few more names that I just want to mention of cases that I think you guys should check out that I think that he was totally involved in. It's Carol T-I-T-Z-E, Carol T, and Peggy. Titsy. Titsy, yeah. And then Peggy Noblock. K-N-O-B-L-O-C-K. So I'm going to have to slowly bring this to a halt. Um, this is such a fresh development in the case. There's He still hasn't technically been charged with anything, but you... None of the videos showed her. Well, they haven't released Release. anything, so it'll probably come out soon. But you have to remember, like, this was not even a year ago that this happened that they found all of this, and I'm sure that they're probably still uncovering a lot of things right mm-hmm. now. And then also you're having to deal with the, the jurisdiction of, is this Portugal's, Britain's, or Germany, Germany's case yeah. at this point. So there's going to be, it's going to be a minute before this comes out, but um, I really want to encourage you guys to go listen to the 60-minute episode that Australia did. You can find it on YouTube. It's about 43 minutes you long. You know Australia did a great-ass job. They did a well, you know, Australia fucking They're feels it. Great at everything. But y'all like I need to give you when I was describing this case to Nikki yesterday when we were talking about it, there was this one specific instance and it's um all of his text that came from a pedophile ring chat room that he was in. Like a like a dark web chat room. Yeah. And y- y'all it's Sick. It's so, it's like, I couldn't, I, I can't even bring myself to talk about it on here. I haven't been okay thinking about it. It's not okay. It literally makes me sick that people like this are out there. Literally. And they're just getting 15 months in fucking prison. And they're, they've been doing it for 20 years. Literally. More so than. if there's an update, I'm going to do a complete update. And um, another thing that I wanted to mention is that the Lacey Peterson uh, trial I mean, the Lacey Peterson case, Scott Peterson got um, another trial. So I'm going to try to wait until both of these cases are done and we'll do a double update for Lacey Peterson and for um, uh, Madeline McCann. So just a PSA. I know you guys know this. I know it's a completely different world that we're living in. Yeah, but you broke it down in a way that the documentary, I feel like, didn't. I just gave it to you fast and furious. And if you want some, Sometimes you need that, though, because if you're watching a seven-hour-long or a seven-episode-long documentary, you forget what happened seven hours ago. I mean, it's it's rough. I, I just wanted to give it to you guys because this is a case that I have always known about, I've always thought about, but y'all... Don't trust yourself with your kids even. You know what I mean? Like, I don't ever get comfortable. The kids I I watch, Mm -hmm. if they're out of my sight, like at Target, I I lose my mind. You're like sick to your stomach. Yes. I mean, it is it is terrifying. It is terrifying. Because there's people like those Christian Michael B. (laughs) Christian Michael B. Junie B. Jones. Yeah. I mean, y'all, it is. It's scary. And that's another reason why whenever we were getting into the whole thing about how they accused the parents, I wanted to make sure that we weren't mom shaming because, guys, think You know if you were on a vacation. Right. You're doing the same thing. And shut the fuck up. Don't lie to me, moms. I know you gave us Benadryl. 
to yeah, get us oh, to please. shut the fuck up, okay? Got a little tequila in my tongue. Yeah, like we're good. <laughs> Look, we get it. We understand it. And I'll do probably, your damn thing. I'll do the same thing. Well, um, maybe not in like 2025, just because the world has really shown its true colors. But I'll give them Benadryl stuff. I will hire. I will bring my nanny with me. Oh. <laughs> okay i'm gonna have a nanny she's gonna have a nanny everybody okay, did y'all hear that yeah. but i'm just saying don't mom shame don't exactly. dad shame don't parent shame there because are 15 this could have happened they didn't literally think anything could happen to their kids in 15 minutes. and then and so what if they gave them benadryl who cares right. you know this could have happened to anyone anywhere in the world yeah. and it is our duty to just really pray for them and send them positive thoughts have you seen the TikTok of the girl. Do you know like the the specifics Madeline had with her eye? Yeah, it's got like a little drip on her right eye. Have you They're seen green. the TikTok of the girl that's like everyone thinks that I'm Madeline McCann? I think I think that's what made me even wanted to get back to yeah, this case. Yeah, she was like I was staying 45 minutes away. Yeah. Her eyes look the same. She showed a baby picture. Yeah. And everyone's like, dude, either you're really fucked up for using this girl's disappearance as clout. Right. Or you are her. Your parents stole you. And then that makes me wonder, like, think about it with all these missing children that have been abducted. I know many of them have been found with social media. Social is media. Fuck up these parents that See, literally, like these people that kidnap their kids and shit and like raise them as their own and these different things, like whole and ancestry.com, mm. Y'all are fucked. Shouldn't have been stealing shit. Literally, don't steal kids. Um, I thought you did a great job telling that story. Thanks, Um, I think you did a great job too. Thank you. I hated the story though. Why? Well, it's sick. I mean, yeah. But I love the way they Very sick. Uh, I hate that. I don't have any TFUs, do you? No. Okay, no TFUs. Well, I mean, we had a long episode. Yeah, it's uh, one hour and 23 minutes. I actually kind of blew... That was 10 pages. Yeah, you did. I was... And I was intriguing. Well, I was like deep... I was doing my deep voice, you know, like... What happened (laughs) to... What's her name? Uh, What? Nikki, what is it? What What happened happened to... Amy Lynn Bradley. Bradley. Amy Lynn Bradley. Guys, okay... Here, this is the only TFU that we have, and we'll let you go. So, <laughs> TikTok. Our TikTok, they got them. They have like a thousand views. It is the best views that we've ever done on a TikTok. I look like I'm selling you. <laughs> like, I, I'm selling you a car. On the, on the disappearance of the cruise. What she happened? She had a cruise of the lifetime. She's, she is knees up, straddling her knee or wrapping her arms around her leg, and going, <laughs> what happened to Amy Lynn Bradley. I have an elbow up in the back. It was like my best salesperson voice that yeah, I ever insane. had. Anyway, we haven't let her live it down. So. Yeah. So every time I do something stupid, they're like, what happened to Amy Lynn Bradley? <laughs> Anyways, that's all. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram, Crypts and Crimes Podcast, Morgan G. Taylor J with an A. And Twitter, Creeps underscore Crimes, TikTok, Creeps and Crimes, and... If you guys could just like share our TikToks, like that'd be cool. Yeah, share like, our TikToks. We think we're funny. Okay, maybe we're not, but I really do kind of think we're funny. A I bit. think we're funny. I think we're stupid. I think, yeah, we're stupid. But I love it. Anyways, that's it for everybody today. Thanks so much for listening to episode 29. We'll remember, catch you next week. Dirty Flirty 30 is going to be the best. See you then. Bye. I guess we're going with Dirty Flirty 30. Dirty Flirty 30. All right, bye.